there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. And we jump over to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, the 17th verse. And we find Saul returning from that great battle and where he disobeyed the Lord. And, and this is what Samuel the prophet told the king when he returned from battle. Listen to these words. Though you are little in your own eyes. Guys, listen. He wasn't saying, though you are so humble. Right? Though you, you, you're just a, such a humble in God. He, he wasn't saying that. He said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not head of the tribe of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go, devote to the destruction of the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Father, thank you for your precious word today. Lord, enlighten our eyes today. Enlighten our hearts today. Let us see. Let us hear. Let us understand your word today. Father, provoke us. Provoke us to righteousness today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated today. Uh, listen, uh, I, it's, it's amazing uh, we find that uh, uh, just just a little background, just for those of you that may not have been around when we preach the other uh, the other few times on this passage of scripture, we find that Israel found themselves in a place they were in such disobedience uh, that they uh, God was their head, God was their leader, and they decided they wanted a king because they wanted to be like every other nation in the world. World, right? They uh, they wanted uh, a king to lead them out to uh, to war and and all of these things, and so uh, and so God appointed God chose a man and his name was Saul and God chose him God anointed him and then God gave him a job God uh, commissioned him to go out and the prophet told him what to do you're to go out you're to fight against the Amalekites the Amalekites were a very wicked very wicked nation uh, uh, idol worship human sacrifice it was just a, a 
a wicked, wicked nation. And they had come against Israel and resisted Israel and treated them illy when they came out of Egypt into the land of promise. And so God gave Saul a job. Go and destroy the Amalekites. And of course he didn't. He, um, he kept, he said, destroy everything, everything. And, and uh, King Saul kept some of the things and uh, kept the good things, destroyed the bad things, left the king alive, destroyed the others, and he disobeyed God. And, but the words, that, the words that Samuel said to him, though you may seem insignificant in your own eyes, Though you may seem little in your own eyes, has not God chosen you? Has not God anointed you? And has not God sent you on a mission? And guys, I want you to know this on this Father's Day today. You may seem or you may feel insignificant. You may feel like a nobody today. But I want you to know, has not God chosen you? Has not God anointed you and has not God sent you on a mission listen he had no idea the incredible weight the incredible honor of being chosen by God and he had no idea of the sacredness of his mission and and you know why why in the world why in the world did you know would would Saul feel this way was it was it self-esteem did he have daddy issues you know did uh did did he just have an incredibly hard time grasping the weightiness of the calling and the uh, the assignment of God? I, I I don't know, but men of God, we were chosen and anointed for a sacred mission. Listen, I, I this is I, these are some statistics. These are not from Christian Today. All right. These are not from Dr. Dobson. These are uh, uh, these are literally United States Census Bureau statistics, and they say that there are 18.5 million adolescents growing up in a fatherless condition today which seems extremely low and but but that's not saying that they're not growing up without an absentee father it means they're growing up without a father period it doesn't say that they're growing up with a bad father situation it's just saying 18.5 million Adolescents are growing up without a father today, which, by the way, let y'all hold on to your seat, puts us firmly in first place of all of the nations of the world with fatherlessness. Eighty-five percent of children and teens with behavioral disorders have grown up without a father 70% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers are from a fatherless home fatherless children are five times more likely to live in poverty nine times more likely to drop out of school and 
Fatherless children represent 90% of all homeless and runaway children. 90% of all homeless and runaway children. Men of God, we are chosen and anointed and we have been commissioned with a sacred calling. Mm. Let's get started today. Number one, we are all looking for definition. We are all looking for definition. We are all wanting someone or something to help define us in life, to help us find our purpose in life. And and I, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to do this without being too emotional this morning. And, and I, I just hope that the Lord will give me enough understanding that I will be able to, um, that I will be able to someday maybe write a book or something on this particular particular topic but I want you to understand that sonship sonship is one of the most difficult topics for us to understand in America sonship is one of the most difficult topics for us to grasp what does sonship even mean what does, what, what does sonship mean? And, and listen, I'm, I'm 58 years old and, and I'm, still, uh, I'm still coming to grips because I grew up without a dad in my life. And, and so I'm still grasping and, uh, and I'm still trying to get that definition uh, of what uh, sonship really means. Uh, what, uh, what it means, it, it means ownership. It means uh, definition. Uh, it means means unconditional uh, love uh, that 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 uh, uh, that belonging that this is who I am uh, this is what I'm supposed to be uh, this is what belongs to me we don't have that in America we don't have that in the church because sonship is one of the most difficult concepts for many of us to grasp Romans chapter 8, you know it very well. Verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption Woo. as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. And I put in parentheses there on my notes, to die to self is what to suffer with him means, to die to my old self in order that we may also be glorified with him. God has 
chosen you and I. God has adopted you and I as sons. And though sonship may be a difficult concept for most people to grasp, we need to strive to really wrap our heads around, wrap our hearts around what it means to be adopted and to be called. I've said it many times before, but just for those of you that are new here today, what a concept. If you go into the Old Testament, they are called the children of Israel, the people of God. But when you come over into the New Testament, Jesus is talking, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit who is on you, but will be in you. And then here he declares that we're no more just the people of God or the children of Israel, but now we're called the sons of God and that the spirit that he put on the inside of us now bears witness with our spirit that we've been adopted. We're not just his people, we're his kids. Whoa! How powerful is that? Listen, mothers are special because God gave you a special ability to help nurture your children. The fathers are special because God gave us the assignment to transfer identity. Oh, 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 oh man. God gave us the assignment to transfer identity. Have you ever watched? Have you ever paid attention when someone was pouring cement? Have you ever just watched all of the things that happen when somebody's pouring a foundation or when they're pouring a sidewalk or when they're pouring a road? It's, it's amazing. This uh, picture that you see here on the screen is um, uh, 2007. We had uh, uh, the, done all of the, all of the groundwork. The, the civils had been done. The, the, the land had been, uh, uh, had been uh, uh, scraped down to, to all the spots specific uh, uh, specs and and uh, the preparation had been made and and uh, you can see that that we're standing on a driveway here and and up here there's curbs and over here there are farms and there's rebar and there's a uh, there's a pump truck here and you've got guys out here smoothing out the uh, smoothing out the cement and whenever they're pouring cement everybody uh, everybody has their specific job or their specific role to uh, uh, to play and and listen I, I see mothers um, in in this metaphor of pouring cement I see the mother's role uh, as the one uh, if you've ever seen the uh, those guys out there they're wearing these boots and uh, and and uh, uh, some of them are wearing like, like skis on the on the bottom of their feet so they don't sink down in the cement but they they have these great big old long long trowels uh, on a pole uh, and they're smoothing out the the cement. I see moms like that. Y'all are smoothing out all of our rough edges. Amen? But fathers are like the form. Fathers are like the forms that you pour cement in. 
men are built to bring definition to those behind them. Without the form, without the, 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 the form to pour the cement in, when the cement hits the ground, the, the cement doesn't know what to do without the form. Otherwise, cement, when, without the, if you take the form away, when the cement runs out uh, of the cement truck, uh, it'll just run everywhere. Uh, it's seeking. Uh, it's looking uh, for its borders. It's looking uh, for its structure to find out because otherwise cement will run everywhere trying to find its own definition and read my lips cement is incapable of defining itself oh wait 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 children are incapable of defining themselves cement doesn't know what it's supposed to be it doesn't know what it's supposed to look like or act like or be like without some type of form cement will flow so wide and will become very thin and very brittle and will break up and crumble in other words we are all looking for definition and fathers were created to pass down definition. Number two, there's no substitute for godly men on the earth. Not only is there a shortage of fathers, there's a shortage of men that realize the enormous value uh, that we bring to the table and the enormous uh, calling and responsibility God has laid uh, on our lives. Um, most men, uh, and, and, and I'm not beating you up today, I'm trying to encourage you today, I'm trying to challenge you today, but most men uh, are clueless because nobody uh, has ever told us uh, who we are. Uh, no, uh, uh, and, and no one ever molded or modeled for them what it looked like. There's no substitute for godly men on the earth. Listen, there's, a, there's another component uh, of cement. Um, and uh, anybody, know what, uh, anybody know what rebar is? See, the, uh, with, without, rebar, uh, uh, without rebar on the inside of the form, uh, whenever you pour cement, uh, how many know that cement won't last? Uh, you can pour the cement uh, uh, into the form, but without the rebar, when you take the forms off, uh, and whenever some catastrophic event happens, uh, and it's ined inevitable that uh, there's going to be something weighty, there's going to be something difficult, the ground's going to shift, uh, something heavy's going to go over it uh, and uh, inevitably uh, there's going to be some traumatic event uh, and uh, how many know why, what happens to the cement when there's no rebar in it it cracks because there's nothing uh, inside of the cement to hold it together uh, and uh, so uh, what, what I want I want, I want to say to you is uh, it's, it's both the man and the, it's both the, the father and the mother's responsibility uh, to put the right stuff uh, to put the godly stuff uh, to put the word of God uh, on the inside of the form uh, so that when a traumatic event happens uh, so that when something inevitable 
snowball happens, uh, the cement has something to hold it together. Oh, but wait, but wait. There's no substitute for godly men on the earth. See, uh, listen, moms are amazing and moms are wonderful uh, but uh, moms are no substitute uh, for the form. Uh, moms are no substitute. Uh, moms can do everything uh, that she uh, uh, that she knows to do to put the right thing uh, to show uh, uh, to show us what to do. Uh, she can tell us about it. She can uh, uh, she can put it out there. Uh, but what I want you to understand uh, is that rebar uh, without a form uh, it, it, it it sees the rebar rebar it's grasping for the rebar but it, it it can't quite understand how to hold on because it's never been modeled for the cement oh wait Woo. cement can see the rebar but it can't quite grasp it Semen is incapable of giving itself definition and cement doesn't know what it's supposed to be like. Have many ever heard that song, Mama Tried to Raise Me Better? Mama Tried, Mama Tried, right? Without a farm, without a godly man to model it for me, I couldn't grasp it because I didn't know what it was supposed to look like I didn't know what I was supposed to look like listen let me let me just let me just pause here for a minute and and so uh, you know I, I've, I've talked about this many many times but I try to I try to be transparent with you and and growing up without a father and uh, my, my parents got divorced uh, uh, right after I, I finished first grade my dad was always gone anyway uh, as a trucker and and uh, so I, I, I didn't really have a, I really didn't have a role model even at that time and and so uh, going to school, uh, here, here I was, a, a young man, and I, I didn't know what I, was supposed to, uh, what I was supposed to be. I didn't know what I was supposed to look like. I didn't, I didn't know where I belonged. And so uh, uh, I, 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 heard, uh, I heard the talk uh, of how tough my brother was. I didn't really live in the household with my brother. And, and, uh, so, so, but I heard uh, of, of how tough he was. So, um, so I lived literally I, I didn't see it I didn't have access I had very limited access to a TV and uh, only when I went over to my grandmother's house and so uh, uh, so all I knew was was uh, uh, this this glorified toughness so I spent my time uh, going through school and my quest uh, in school was always to try to be the toughest uh, in my entire class because surely that's what a man was supposed to be right uh, and I've joked with you before it's really no joke at all but a movie came out uh, when I was a little bitty guy in elementary school called Billy Jack. 
Billy Jack was some karate dude. You know what I'm talking about? And, and uh, Billy Jack had this, uh, uh, this, this black hat with this black flat rim around it. And he had the little uh, uh, pop-top Coke cans uh, uh, and little chain with all of his beer uh, uh, little pop-tops uh, all the way around the top of his hat. And, and so uh, somehow, I don't know how, I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. But somehow I got me a little black hat. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you can find Coke cans everywhere. And I got all of those and I made the chain and I put the and I was Billy Jack because I thought that's what a man was supposed to be like and as I got older I, I, I began to uh, morph I, I began to drift towards whatever uh, people group whatever friend group would accept me and because I had no definition uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to be and, and so uh, uh, in, 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 in a series or a, a portion of my life I was with the jocks and uh, drugs were stupid and we were supposed to be the tough ones and being the jocks and country music was cool uh, and then uh, uh, until it wasn't and then I found another friend group uh, because they accepted me and uh, grew my hair long and, and uh, became a drug addict and uh, running with the wrong crowd right uh, uh, because I, I didn't know what I was supposed to be I just became a chameleon because I was uh, looking for definition uh, and uh, uh, you know as I, as I grew on up uh, I got my first job uh, you know I, I, I didn't know uh, I, I, man, I was worthless on my first job. How many were worthless on your first job? You know, I'm talking about, I mean, but, uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know uh, what I was about. But then I began to hear the stories uh, uh, again of my brother and, and how, uh, how hard he worked and how he could outwork 10 men. And so uh, all of a sudden, uh, that became my definition. Uh, I, I began to work hard, and, and uh, that was my claim to fame. Was, I'm a hard worker. I've never been without a job. You go have a job, you lazy you ought to be out there working 10 days a week 24 hours a day come on now then I started dating lady girls and I didn't know how to treat a girl because I didn't have any definition and then I got married and I had never had a, a godly relationship that was uh, modeled in front of me so uh, uh, so so I didn't know how to be a good husband and then uh, uh, we had our children and I didn't know how to be a dad I didn't know how to set an example uh, I, I didn't know what being a good dad looked like because I'd never had it modeled for me and, and uh, so on and so on when I became a youth pastor something began to wake up in my brain and uh uh, Tony will be able to attest to this uh, I told all of our youth volunteers uh, I was like guys uh, listen uh, if you're going to serve here uh, you, you can't let these kids down uh, you've got to be faithful uh, they see all that garbage at home uh, they're being let down enough at home uh, they see enough unfaithfulness at home uh, if you're going to serve here uh, you've got to be solid uh, you've got to live the life in front of them then I became a, a senior pastor at a very early age uh, and I still didn't quite recognize or understand. Uh, I, I, I didn't quite understand uh, the weightiness of my words because I didn't understand uh, at that young age uh, that uh, I was probably the only uh, positive father figure uh, that those grown adults had ever had. 
I didn't realize the value of my words and my affirmation and my example to them because I'd never had that in my own life. We're all looking for definition and there is no substitute for a godly man on the earth. Listen, I... I've said this before. Whenever we were pouring that, uh, uh, pouring this this complex here, and whenever we, uh, uh, I, I know that you don't understand probably unless you're in the construction business. Uh, uh, but Matt, whenever we poured this foundation right here, this foundation right here uh, was eighty thousand dollars, and we were running out of money, and and uh, uh, we were trying to find ways to uh, to save money. And I made one of the dumbest decisions decisions of my life uh, but we didn't have the money so we substituted uh, in the parking spots uh, asphalt for cement how's that working out for us because there's no substitute there's no cheap way out dads Try to go the less expensive way. A woman can be a great woman, a great woman of God, but she's no substitute for the man of God in the home. Mom is like the finisher, but she's not a substitute for the farm. And let me help you out. School is no substitute for the farm, dads. Um, society is no substitute. Government and more laws uh, are no substitute. The internet is no substitute. The children's pastor is no substitute. Uh, the student pastors are no substitute. The senior pastor is no substitute. Uh, there is no substitute for godly men on the earth. If you're a man... There's no substitute for you. Listen, if you're a dad, be the man. Let me go a step further. If you're a man, be the man. 18.5 million are still looking for dads in America today. Be the man. I used to love to sit and listen. I was a young man in my teens, and I would sit periodically when I got to go over to my grandpa's house, my papa, and I'd sit at my papa's table. He had coffee in a saucer, and he'd take that hot coffee and he'd dribble it over into his saucer and <laughs> he'd lick that, that Prince Albert those papers and pour that Prince Albert in and the whole time he's doing it I'm watching him and I'm listening to his stories and I was mesmerized by stories because I wanted to know. I didn't realize it, but I was so intrigued to hear what a real man is like. 
I needed someone to help me find definition. If you look around society today, people are looking for definition. They're looking for identity. Many didn't have it or don't have it, and they're growing up. We're a generation looking for definition. Romans chapter 8 again says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Listen, I need you to understand, uh, um, uh, in, just like in the natural, I, uh, young men are looking for definition. Young men are, are trying to figure out where do I belong? What, do I, what am I supposed to act like? What am I supposed to be like? Where do I fit? Where is my value at? Uh, and just like that young girl, Girls are looking for the same thing. Are you understanding, Dad, that if you don't provide the form that shows her what it's looked like, some man will. And she will morph to whatever form he pours. She just wants to know, am I pretty? Am I lovely? Am I lovable? Who am I? Because we're all looking for definition. Number three says we are the sons of God. We are the sons of God defined by him, created in his image, predestined to look like Jesus. He is the form that, that defines us. But you might say, but pastor, listen, you don't understand. I'm already so messed up. I'm already so broken. I, I've already, I'm that cement that's kind of spread out. I had no definition and I've hurt so many people and I've done so many things and I'm already so messed up and so broken. Uh, listen, uh, I want you to know what the Word of God says. Uh, the Word of God says we're born again. Uh, and the Word of God tells us uh, that if we will follow after the Spirit uh, and if we will learn uh, to die to ourself, uh, then uh, something will happen. There's this detraction. Uh, I, I, I kept trying to get away from this, this metaphor, uh, but it kept coming back to me. Uh, it's like uh, we've got all of this stuff uh, that is adhered to us. Uh, 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 Stacy adopted a dog in Austin here uh, uh, two or three, four years ago when we were on vacation. Uh, and she got that dog and they told us uh, they said this dog has been abused. This dog is uh, 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 we already uh, uh, adopted her out once and they brought her back. She's got lots of problems. She's got troubles and, and uh, uh, she was just nervous and skittish and, and she stunk like crazy and, and uh, somehow uh, 
uh, they, they allowed us to adopt this dog and Stacy brought it home and, and uh, we took her into our home and began to love on her uh, and began to take care of her uh, because she was adopted she was now in the Kennedy household you understand uh, we took her to the vet uh, and the reason she stank so bad was because she had a mouth uh, full of rotten teeth and she was in pain all the time and they began to take out uh, uh, take out the rotten teeth uh, and she didn't stink anymore and she wasn't sickly anymore uh, and then uh, little by little uh, she's still a crazy dog don't get me wrong <laughs> but little by little there's been detraction just this morning she comes up and she crawls up my leg and she looks up at me she was abused by a man y'all didn't hear what I said she's scared to death of men little by little as we follow after him little by little he begins to detract little by little as we turn loose of our old life uh, little by little uh, he pulls out those old definers uh, that defined us the way we used to be uh, and he transmits uh, his, uh, his definition he transmits that uh, to us he tells us uh, who we are he tells us uh, where we belong uh, because we've been adopted uh, by the father sons of God wow we're heirs sometimes it's hard for orphans to receive a new identity y'all didn't hear what I said I love it Jesus says I'm going away but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Come on now. Jesus said that in John. I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He has adopted us. He has defined us. He's told us. But sometimes it's hard for orphans to receive their new identity. Listen, that sometimes, listen, it's hard for, watch it, when you lose a lot of weight, that person may be skinny on the outside, but on the inside, they still see themselves in a derogatory way. Orphans, when they're adopted, they grew up hungry and though they're adopted they still gorge themselves with food because they're afraid of being hungry again orphans they grow up poor neglected and without anything when they get older they hoard everything because they're afraid one day I'm going to be rejected again one day nobody's going to want me again but he said you're adopted your sons your daughters you belong you're mine I defend you 
I define you. Listen, we've been adopted to be heirs. We haven't, listen, we haven't just been adopted that one day we'll have eternal life. That's great. But he said, I'll give you abundant life right now. Oh, y'all, mm, mm. He didn't just say, you know what? One of these days, you'll rule and reign with Jesus Christ. He said we could rule and reign in life by one, Christ Jesus, right now because we have been adopted and we are kings and priests unto God. Wow. Wow. Again, Samuel said thou art little in your own eyes are you not the head of the tribes of Israel the Lord anointed you king over Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and said go and devote to the destruction the sinners the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do that which was evil in the sight of the Lord? Guys, I want every man in the house to stand to your feet. I want you to stand. Every, every man, every young man in the house, I want you to stand to your feet. chosen by God you were created and chosen by God why did he choose to create you and I a man I don't know but I'm glad he did you may see yourself as insignificant you may see your value as small. You may see yourself as little in your own sight. But you were chosen by God. You were anointed to be a king. anointed to be the king you were anointed called specifically you were given a mission to be the man 
to be the transfer of identity, to receive identity, to set the mold that would help others find their definition, whether you have children or not. Young men, you don't have to look to the world to define you. It'll mess you up. It'll mess you up. The world doesn't have the definition that I need. You were called, you were anointed, and you were given a sacred mission. And guys, it's a dangerous thing for you to see your words as insignificant, your actions as insignificant, your role as insignificant. You were called, anointed, and commissioned by God. Father, in this house today, Lord, I'm asking that every young man in this house would feel the value of what it's like to belong to a father. Every man in this house, though they may even be struggling with a picture of what a father is supposed to be. Father, maybe there's damage that's been done. But Father, today I'm asking you to help define sonship. Help define this sonship to all of us. Help us to realize we've been called. We've been anointed to be kings. We've been commissioned on a sacred mission. God, help us to no longer see ourselves as insignificant orphans. But help us to see us, ourselves as you see us. See our roles as you see us, God. Father, help us. Help us to step into, step into that anointed kingship. Step into that mission with authority and boldness, God. Father, help us to be the forms for our families, for our children, for those around us, for the fatherless around us. Help us, Father, to go beyond ourselves and see the value of the role that you've called us to. Father, bring healing. Bring healing to the hearts and emotions and lives and memories of those in the house today. Father, help us see you clearly as you transfer your identity to us. As you transfer your identity to us, God. We thank you. Jesus' precious name.